Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. All right, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. This is Taylor and KJ. We're so happy that you guys are joining us today because we just did a super cool interview with Ashlyn and Kobe Mitchell. And they are a really, really nice couple. And basically, they're working through recovery, through addiction, Kobe is. And then they're talking to us about betrayal trauma. So what it's like when two people are in a relationship, one of them is suffering from an addiction, and the other person is experiencing traumatic symptoms because of the betrayal they have experienced. And they are so rad. It was such a good time talking to them. They're just so awesome to listen to because they're fun, they're so down to earth and just real, and they were so vulnerable with us, and I appreciate it Mm -hmm. so much. So Yeah. Yeah, if you want to just hear two genuinely authentic people talking about how they just want their life and their relationship to be better and how they keep showing up every day for that, then keep listening. Yeah, so let's cut to the interview. Ashlyn, Kobe, we are so excited to have you guys here with us today. Um, We would just like to hear a little bit about yourselves if you want to introduce yourselves. Hi, I am excited to be here too. So thank you for inviting us. I am Ashlyn Mitchell and I'm married to Kobe. Um, We have been married how many years, Kobe? 19, January 20. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we spent probably uh, 14 of those years a hot mess. So um, we now share our story very publicly and get to help people uh, move forward like we have. We have two little girls and we work from home and um, live in northern Utah. It's more awesome. or less. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically uh, us in a nutshell. Yeah. Right? So we consider you guys to be basically the experts on betrayal trauma. Mm -hmm. Like, I am so excited to pick your brains about this because I've learned so much from your podcast and just following you guys on social media. And so can you guys just tell us some background of, you know, what kind of got you to a point where you know so much about the topic and why you share it, share about it? A lot of pain. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of pain got us to where to where we are. Yeah, um, yeah we're experts in the in the wrong way. <laughs> we did not go to school <laughs> to learn. Uh, it's all personal experience for us, and um, and now being able to help other people through the same stuff. So, um, betrayal trauma for me has been um, it was an awakening for me, really. Because for, like I said, 14 years of our marriage, I just felt crazy. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't enough, that something was wrong with me. Something was wrong with my marriage. Um, I felt very alone and isolated that I wasn't enough. 
And I didn't feel, well, I don't know that I ever felt trust in our marriage until the last, you know, five years. So even when we got married, it felt something was off. You know, that first week I knew something was, was off. And so we, betrayal trauma for me, I lost um, the safety and trust of what a relationship can bring. And there was a lot of crazy making and hurt from the betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, in, in Ashton's defense, I mean, I mean, I came into into our marriage with an addiction to porn and masturbation. Didn't really know, didn't have the terminology for that, but mm-hmm. um, I, I thought in, in my head, like for sure, if she knows about this. There's just no way she's going to stay. So um, I didn't tell her. And the week after we got home from our honeymoon, she's like, wait, there's some like whack vibe here. Like Mm -hmm. what's going on? Something's not right. And so that started the, the suspicion of betrayal trauma. And then three years into marriage, Ashlyn got me acting out. And um, that was traumatic for both of us. Wouldn't you say? Oh Yeah. I mean, it was, well, it was just like, oh my gosh, like what just happened? And well, it was two just, days later, we had a conversation about it after not speaking at all. Wow. And then it was just, when we did talk about it, it was a giant fight. And so we would, you know, put it on this, put it in the corner yeah. of the room, the big elephant and just ignore it and try to live life. You know, we could have, mm-hmm. we had happy moments for sure mm-hmm. and, and had a good life from the outside. Um, but on the inside, we were very disconnected, and um, and that disconnection grew. Um, I had an emotional affair in 2006, and had a second affair in 2013. And on top of that, just just hid porn use and would share as little detail as possible about a relapse that I had to. Um, and sometimes, even when I was asked, I wouldn't even, you know, fess up. Ultimately that's what led to um, Ashton's betrayal trauma. And really betrayal trauma is a lot like post-traumatic stress disorder where yeah. the the person who's experienced the betrayal um, can experience just like war veterans who come home from, from war, a single moment in time currently that they're living um, can trigger a memory of betrayal that can in their brains time that they can like time travel back to a point of, of, of betrayal, of hurt, a traumatic moment and Which can a, be hijacked. Yeah. Physical and emotional response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, right then and there. And so depression, anxiety, um, weight gain, weight loss, um, lack of sleep, anger, nightmares. Uh, there's, um, a lot of uh, disease, <laughs> a lot of um, mm-hmm. health problems come up mm-hmm. with yeah. um, one, one of the first conferences I went to for betrayal trauma. Once I learned about it, um, the speaker asked all the women in the room to raise their hand if they were currently or had been sick with some sort of disease um, in the last few years of their betrayal. And it was 80% of the room raising their hand for, you know, some of those things Kobe just mentioned as well as autoimmune diseases. And it's just, it was heartbreaking to me like, okay, this is our bodies are are holding this Mm because we're holding it. Yeah. And your body was suffering. Oh yeah. 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 It totally was. 
and had and it was suffering, but it had been suffering. I mean, Ashland, like yeah. you said, for fourteen and a half years until we finally got specialized found specialized help, and um, we discovered that there's such thing as a certified sex addiction therapist, and we found a clinic um, that. Um, treated it. And so we went and we were just blown away at what we found. And in a very short period of time, we both started making a lot of progress because I knew for sure after the second affair that I was like, if I was to die, I'm like, and I stand before God, like I'm smoked. Like I'm, mm. <laughs> I'm going straight to hell yeah. because that's just how that rolls. Right. And yeah. So I knew that I needed to change. And so I, t- I took recovery really seriously as like, okay, this is my chance. Otherwise I'm screwed. Yeah. So now um, you guys mentioned when yeah. you went into treatment, when you went, when you were seeking specialized treatment and they were talking about betrayal trauma, you started making all this progress. Ashlyn, I want to know from your point of view, what was it like when you were sitting in that room and then they told you about this idea of, betra- of betrayal trauma? What was that like after you after you said like for all those years you had been feeling essentially crazy, right? Yes, yes, and uh, I I really did feel something was wrong with me, mm-hmm. and that our like uh, well for a long time I just assumed everyone's marriage was hard, mm-hmm. and that I must be like something's wrong with me, but I also can't be that abnormal, right? So I just isolated myself. No one knew. I told no one, no family, no friends. Um, so when I went to this conference, I was terrified I'd see someone, which is hilarious because <laughs> yay, if I see someone, that yeah. Means yeah. they know what I'm feeling, <laughs> yeah. right? And yes. yet we're so ashamed that we'll see someone we know. Um, I was there, I know. And so when they started to describe what betrayal trauma was, it made sense to me. Like, okay, this is why I would yell and scream and be mean and name call and bring up the past over and over and over and then walk out of the room and say, who the heck am I? Like, what is wrong with me? And I felt crazy and I felt I had become someone I was not. And so this helped me the you know, just labeling it as much as I don't like labels, you know, I'm not betrayal trauma. I've had it, but it helped me accept the emotion rather than, just keep pushing it away. (laughs) And, um, but also honestly, at the same conference, I learned about uh, addiction with Mm -hmm. pornography and, um, that was a big deal for me because I had no idea that there was so much science behind it. And so it helped Mm -hmm. me start to see Kobe a little bit different than just stop. Why are you doing that? You know, yeah, why are you choosing this? Why are you doing this to me? It was allowing you to oh, yeah. gain more understanding, right? For sure. Wow. Part that resonated most with you is that just the science of it, like the education. Yes. Part, like that really helped you connect off to the non-national. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, that was my first step was education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask, you know, what was it you learned about addiction that kind of helped you see it in a different light? Um, I guess, so if you've heard of fight the new drug, they have some really great videos and just short videos that explained, um, the brain and the neural pathways that, you know, we're forming from 
the time of Kobe, you know, he, he started looking at things when he was seven years old. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, seven years old, <laughs> however many years ago, 30 something years ago, it was a different world, right? I mean, he had to look hard yeah. to find inappropriate material. And now it's just everywhere and, mm-hmm. you know, we can find it anywhere. Um, but it made, it started to make sense to me that he wasn't necessarily, I mean, it was a choice. It's, you know, it's always a choice, the things that we do, but it was his brain was just hardwired mm-hmm. that this was the choice. This was how to cope yeah. when things got hard, when things felt sad and scary and lonely, that was his, you know, his go-to. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. Yeah. And that's powerful. That education is so powerful. And I know that you guys do so much education through your podcast and through your Instagram pages of putting that information out there for people so that they can feel empowered, probably just like you did. Yeah, I, we always giggle. I wish we had the podcast when we yeah. started. I wish that, you know, the world is different than it was. I mean, we've only been in recovery five years and it is different though, because even five years ago, people were not sharing as vulnerable as they are now. People are willing to step into that arena and say, Hey, I've been through this thing and I know that there's a way out. And, and it's amazing. The world Mm -hmm. needs more of that, you know, Mm -hmm. in all types of things, not just this story. Yeah. How do you find the, that kind of help? Like you guys talked about going to a specialist and you probably experienced not going to a specialist, but how did you find that help you needed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I, sorry, I giggle because uh, yeah, we went through three, three traditional therapists who are great individual therapists um, for um, a great individual therapist or marriage therapist. But the truth is, is that um, going to a traditional family therapist or individual therapist for sex addiction and betrayal trauma is like going to our family doctor um, to get a root canal. Mm. So I mean, he like could no... probably try, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, for sure. And I think we, we had therapists. Like you said, they weren't bad therapists. Yeah, they just, yeah. Part of it was we didn't even know what was going on. And mm-hmm. so it was more like, let's treat these symptoms. Like, why are you so mean, Ashlyn? And <laughs> why are you so pushy? And it was like, we don't know. But there was this root, you know, that was like yeah. the giant, you know, here, here's the problem. Yeah. Let's work on this. It was, it was really vexing for us. And the last time we went to therapy, went 18 months. We went weekly and... Um, I would just leave the, the office just furious mm-hmm. and just mad. And it would take me like a mile and a half on the road, um, until I could actually calm down. So what we did was we, we, we left out and we saw a commercial on TV, but uh, for a specialized, uh, clinic, but what people can do now is they can just do a very basic Google search for, they can just type in CSAT csat therapist csat therapist in their area so if i lived in atlanta i could i could type in atlanta or if i lived in you know and i will say that there are are also um a lot of these csat therapists who do things remotely like our podcast Mm co-host his office does because there isn't um all the resources that we have right where we live everywhere else for sure i mean that's a that's the thing that you guys have probably seen too, is that a lot of therapists are 
um, are working virtually now. And yeah. I know it's not super regulated, but it is, um, but it's, but it's a resource that's available. And the truth is yeah. that um, we'd much rather see people get the right kind of help, mm-hmm. even if it's over Skype. And the truth is it can still be effective that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you guys started seeking specialized treatment through a CSAT therapist, what were some of the first steps that they took you through for betrayal trauma? Like, where does that journey start? Well, um, the cool thing is the place where we went is not a one size fits all. So unfortunately, there is no roadmap to like do these things and you Mm -hmm. are healed or you Mm -hmm. have arrived. (laughs) Here's Um, the formula and then you'll be fixed, (laughs) right? I wish, I so wish that was the case. And then, then no, we could really help everyone. We, we always tease there's no Z-pack for yeah. real trauma and addiction. Yeah. Twice a day for seven days. So, Go for it. Yeah. Right? Oh, we all right. want that, but that's yeah. not how it rolls at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I believe when we met with them, it was like, what is this going to take? How much is this going to cost? Okay. It's not covered by insurance. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I want to do this, you know, um, it was a big decision for us to to choose to do this um, because, like I said, it was not covered by insurance. Um, Kobe actually got let go from work. Uh, how soon into it? Like three weeks. Three oh, weeks geez. after we started, and so oh. we chose to use our savings and just treat it like, okay, this is our second mm-hmm. college degree, and we'll just pay for it. You know, wow. like we did college, and we can do this, and. Um, it paid off for us. It's yes. something that we've been able to pass down, obviously, to our children and to others. Mm-hmm. So um, my first step, though, um, we actually saw the same therapist, which I thought was very beneficial. I mean, that's not the way everyone needs to do it. But um, we didn't work on our marriage in the beginning. So I went my way and I went to a women's group that was um, just the education part, like let's learn about betrayal trauma and really validate what you're feeling and accept what you're feeling and, you know, kind of walk you through 12 steps and through the grieving process. Um, Kobe, what was the name of that book that you guys used? Oh, no. Facing heartbreak. I think actually, yeah, that's right. um, so it was a workbook and, um, a great group of women. Right. But I do remember going and telling Kobe that first month, like, I hate this <laughs> one. I was not vulnerable at all. No one know, yeah. knew my secret. And so yeah. to go to a group of strangers and just say, the, you know, the first time I said my story out loud, I just was terrified. Yeah. Like, how is this my story? And now I share it with the world, which is crazy to me because <laughs> we were so isolated with it. Um. So I did the education of betrayal trauma. And then I also, in that group, we educated ourselves on addiction so that we could mm-hmm. start gaining empathy and understanding for our spouse. Yeah. And um, after that, I did a Brene Brown shame resilience course. It was a 12-week course um, based on one of her books. I thought it was just me, but it isn't. <laughs> and we had um, worksheets that we'd do. And, and it's funny because... Uh, <laughs> There's deep, deep roots of shame with both betrayal trauma and addiction. And my sweet therapist saw that in me and I didn't. (laughs) So um, I remember her saying, hey, you know, I have this group coming up and I I think you'd really like it. And we're going to talk about shame. I was like, 
you know what? I'm really confident. I've had success in my design career. Like I don't, I don't have shame. And I had no idea. I had so much shame and, you know, I still feel moments of shame with all the work that we've done. And I think I was just so numb that I had um, no idea what yeah. was going on. And so that really, it re- really made me focus on me. It helped me stay in my own lane and not worry about what Kobe was doing. And, um, you know, I could see him working his own recovery, but their whole model was work with me before the we. So we actually did not do couples therapy for how many years? Like three? Probably. Yeah. I mean, we were not in therapy all the time, Yeah, um, but we would do group and then take a break. And then mm-hmm. we did some mindfulness courses and just continued growth as is our philosophy of just mm-hmm. like Kobe always says, we're onions and we're just peeling back layers. And yeah. unfortunately recovery has, um, this mess, you know, betrayal, trauma, and addiction has compelled us to take on this mindset, but we love it. And Mm -hmm. it's really been a huge asset for us to really be able to figure out who we are and what we value and, and find our value Mm -hmm. as well. So, um, I guess my, my work was education and self, self love, figuring that out for myself. And Kobe, I'm, I'm sure going through all this and, and watching Ashlyn go through that what was probably traumatic for you as well. And so what was your work? What did you work on? Um, I worked on, I, I started first with, well, I didn't start first with, I did, I immediately started with group therapy, a group processing, um, well, therapy that's in a group processing setting. And then I did individual, um, then I did individual therapy and then I ended up going to 12 step. Um, I did all three of those each week for the first nine months. And I guess the real thing that was, um, the real thing that, that I, that I learned through this is I, number one, because I never knew how to be vulnerable and I never knew I had emotions. And I had never talked to anybody about this. I learned those things in group. Mm-hmm. Those are all all really key skills for me. Um, just just sharing and speaking a lot. I practiced being vulnerable with this group before I was able to be vulnerable with Ashlyn. Mm-hmm. Legit. And and so that was really important for me. But um, what's cool is my um, as Ashlyn started her her uh, fourth month of therapy and started learning about um, shame, I began to learn about shame in group because we had the same therapist, group therapist, and we had the same, well, we had the same therapist, right? They were in our groups. Mm-hmm. So I began to learn about shame and we would learn, we would learn different materials surrounding shame in group and we would come home and we would talk about it. Not within this, the, the context necessarily of addiction and betrayal, but like, this is how deep the roots of shame are in our, just from our families of origin. Mm-hmm. And so we were really connecting dots um, early. And I think that developed some intellectual and some emotional um, intimacy for both of us. Um, and that was a key function of, of um, our own recovery was learning how to identify, okay, this is where shame showed up for me in my house. 
with my dad, with my mom, with my siblings at school, with friends and so forth. So um, those were really the beginnings of, of uh, my early journey of therapy mm-hmm. from when we started. Yeah, I forget. We both did um, EMDR therapy as well. Mm-hmm. And Kobe um, has just started, um, what do you call it, Kobe? It's ART. Accelerated Resolution Therapy, which is like EMDR on steroids. <laughs> how it was wow, explained to me. To, I need to learn yeah, about that. KJ. KJ does a ton of EMDR. <laughs> so um, she's like, what? Yes. Let's get out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty legit. So, yeah. Yeah. And I know that you guys just recently released another podcast episode where you talked about betrayal trauma, which I thought was really interesting because, you know, we have betrayal trauma where you're experiencing, Kobe, like you mentioned, those PTSD symptoms from a betrayal of a partner. And then that puts you in the place of a victim, right? Like this person did these things to me and now I'm having all of these symptoms and I'm triggered and I'm having such a hard time. Um, but there's that element of being a victim and staying in that victim role, right? So, yeah. you, and yeah. this is what you guys kind of talked about in your podcast. Why it's so awesome. But tell us about that. Tell us how, as a person working through your betrayal trauma, how you don't stay in that place, how you move through it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I think it's the part of the process is to be stuck, right? It's yeah. Like, this just is, and this is my life. And it's so hard. And there was definitely a point in time where we were working recovery, but life was still really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, we were trying to take on whole new um, characteristics and become more connected and more boundary. And it was really hard skill sets that we've mm-hmm. never been taught. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it just felt hard. Like when is, when are we yeah. done going to all the therapy and, yeah. and when are we, when, when do we arrive? Right. Yeah. Um, so the victim part is an easy role to play. It really is because especially when you start to hear like, Oh, okay, now I have this thing and um, it all makes sense. You can join groups on Facebook that are just filled with um, hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's the best word I can say to describe it. It just, lots of triggering posts, they'll say, you know, warning, triggering posts and just, you know, verbally vomit their story Mm -hmm. that's just painful. And so you can surround yourself with that. Mm -hmm. Or what I did was I chose to surround myself with women who wanted something different. You know, I, once I accepted, okay, this is what happened to me, but I don't actually want to live it forever. Mm -hmm. Now that I know, I know more, right? And so I just continued to surround myself. You know, I kind of got rid of some relationships. I got out of those Facebook groups um, and I chose to just keep going. So I am a big believer. I love when people say, you know, we're years into recovery, but we still listen to your podcast, you Mm -hmm. know, just to stay with our head in the game. And it's not that we're wanting people to stay. You are an addict and you are a betrayed wife or, or husband. It's, you know, it's part of us. It's a Mm -hmm. part of our story, but we don't have to live in it. And so you have to move through it. Right. And if you take that, if you take that approach from the go, which includes feeling the Mm -hmm. grief of the betrayal, which includes 
grieving the relationship that you had and grieving the innocence that you knew. Um, but if you, if you understand those steps, then it allows you to move through it rather than just realize this is what I have and that's it because it's not just about betrayal trauma. Mm -hmm. Right. And you, you know, if you guys are listening and feeling like, well, I am there, I am stuck in it and you know, maybe my spouse isn't doing anything and I'm just Mm -hmm. the one doing work that does feel hard. Um, but we get to help people every day who are choosing to work recovery with or without their spouse. Mm-hmm. And it definitely is possible. Um, your story may not end up how you want, um, but sometimes it does. And so I still see so many benefits of just saying, hey, no matter what, how my story ends, this is what I choose. I choose to heal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to live in the ick for the rest of my life. So my, my whole intention when you know I accepted and learned about betrayal trauma was I'm doing this for me. Because mm-hmm. whether I stay with Kobe or not, I don't want to take this into another relationship. Yeah. You know, I wanted a better life for me. Yeah. And I love what you just said. That was so powerful in the beginning where you said, I want more. And I feel like so many people can connect and relate to that feeling of, yeah, this is where I am and this is where I feel and this is where I'm stuck right now, but I want more. And then also the message that you're sending right now is, and you can have it. You can have it. Your your happiness, your progress is not dependent on someone else and their actions. You can have your own story. I feel like that is just straight power. Power from Ashlyn calling it out. (laughs) It is. And, And honestly, I love, love, love. Um, when, when these women that we get, that I get to help, Kobe doesn't help them. I do. Um, but individually when they start to feel that empowered feeling, they start showing up for themselves. They become boundaried. They become more loving to themselves and to others. So it's not a, like I'm empowered and now I hate you and all men are evil. And it's not that it's, it's opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And it's finding forgiveness of self and of others. And it's a beautiful, beautiful way to live. I will also say that some of the things that have kept us in that mindset and moved us out of um, victim and both of us in victim mode, Mm -hmm. honestly, because, you know, Kobe has lots of rooted reasons of why he, you know, ended up where he did, but um, it's dailies and what we call dailies. And so we have chosen to, just come up with like a list of things that we do daily to keep us in that growth mindset and, you know, in the right frame of mind and to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Are those things you're doing individually or things you're doing together as a couple daily? Um, some are together and some are individual. So we okay. do um, 30 minutes of uh, intentional movement. So we work out every day and we do that together most of the time. However, mm-hmm. if we, if one of us isn't available to work out, we still work out. Yeah. My, my stance on it is, is I like, <laughs> I, I played competitive sports growing up. And, uh, then once we got married, I finished with, with school, college, um, I stopped doing anything. So once I kind of got on this bandwagon, I realized, wait, I own these dailies and they're mine. So I don't mm-hmm. care what Ashland does. Mm-hmm. because I'm going to do my own dailies, which include my workout. And we work out six days a week, but mm-hmm. it's 30 minutes a day, 
It's we're not going to the gym. It's in our basement. We don't have a lot of stuff, but we're just, I'm, we're just super committed to that, but mm-hmm. that's, we're super committed to ourselves to our dailies. We do a workout. We do a spiritual devotional. We do an emotional check-in as a couple where we just share emotions from the day. And I still check in myself with, uh, with my sponsor from mm-hmm. one and a half years ago. Yeah. And also in one of our previous podcasts, we talked about the feelings wheel, which Ashlyn and Colby oh, yeah. use all the time, right? You guys are like oh, yeah. major promoters oh, of your feelings wheel. It's like the best <laughs> yes, tool ever. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's sad is I was not introduced to it until we found recovery. Mm-hmm. And Shame. so all these therapists we've been to, um, you know, they would say, Ashlyn, what do you feel about this? And I would say, I don't know. I have nothing. And I really had no idea what I was feeling. And so the feelings well was this great prompt for me to figure out <laughs> what, what I was feeling. Yeah. Wait, there's more than like four emotions. <laughs> what exactly. is this world? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So in terms of betrayal trauma, this is a question to both of you guys, but if somebody's listening right now and they're just really relating to everything that you guys are putting out into the universe, what is a message that you want them to hear? Um, I, I would have people walk away from this with the idea that number one, change is possible for everyone. Change is possible. And I would also have them understand that they need to get the right kind of help. And I would also say that they need to learn for both the person who's betrayed and the person who is addicted, because it's, it's not just a, the man who's the addict and mm-hmm. it's not just the woman who's betrayed, but um, both of them need to know that recovery is a skill set that takes mindfulness mindfulness and ownership requires mindfulness and ownership in order to um, understand it and own that skill set and that skill set applied consistently over time can go far past the arena of addiction and betrayal and can lead to just a lifetime of growth and uh, I guess that's what I would say mm-hmm. yeah and I'm just gonna add a quick little that um, when we started this journey to find healing and find hope because we didn't have any, um, it really did feel hard. It felt so uncomfortable and unattainable. And I'm telling you, it, it does get better. It does become not so hard and it can become just a way of life that you live in a different way that is filled with hope and connection. Um, you're still going to have parts of life that are hard, right? Um, but it does make a big deal for us that we don't have that big part of our marriage that once was so hard. It's not there anymore. You know, now we're, we're dealing with parenting. And, and the yeah, other all the yeah. other hard stuff in life. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, just listening to you guys, you're very well versed in vulnerability. I don't know if that's a thing, but like, I think it is. I think just, it is. You just 
I can just tell that you've done so much work mm-hmm. um, for yourselves, for each other, and it's really inspiring. And you guys are doing the awesome thing of paying that forward and mm-hmm. helping other people. So can you guys kind of tell us what you guys do to help other people with this? Yeah, I, I just first want, I, those, those words are kind and we're grateful. For those oh, thank words. you. It's very kind. Um, the truth is though, is that we, we really did decide, I decided um, after having this moment of that was me, that's not me. Once I had that moment, I realized that, that um, I had forgiven myself and that I needed like to share and help other people get out of the dark corners of their life because I had spent like 31 years in my own. Mm-hmm. And, and so we really started this whole, this whole journey of, um, of sharing with the idea that we would just want to give hope to people. And I think what we have realized is that um, this journey of, of sharing hope and giving hope has just kind of taken on a life of its own. This is not what we wanted. This is not at all what we planned. <laughs> we, had, is, corp, we had corporate jobs. That yeah. we, um, we had we, successful careers. Yeah. And we just, we're, we're just, we're just here. And so we really just, um, you guys, honestly, we just, we just decided to just go with our gut and mm-hmm. just do what we can to help people. And it's what, what's, what we've realized has happened through that is it wasn't a matter of being brave or courageous. It wasn't that at all. And that's never been a thing for us. It's just a matter of like, we need people to understand that there is a way mm-hmm. of, out of the darkness. And, and what we've come to understand is that the podcast um, does have hope, but it also models what, what we hope to be healthy recovery mm-hmm. and healthy healing and we've fought like hell to get there and to have that. And we've just been, we, we haven't, we don't work well. We fought like hell, but what that really means is just we've been mentally focused and we've been super consistent in our effort. We don't work hard at this. Like mm-hmm. there's no, there's, there's no um, accelerating the law of the harvest when it comes to changing inwardly. So um, Ashton and I, um, we, geez, we have our podcast. <laughs> we do a podcast with another therapist. He's not our therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, called the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. I actually <laughs> just forgot the name. Of our- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh. But and you, we, and you can it find it on the Apple Podcast yep. app, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So if they just um, type in betrayed addicted expert, it will pop mm-hmm. up okay. and it's on Spotify. It's all over. I mean, you can mm-hmm. listen to it anywhere. Um, so we do that. We run and facilitate online groups for men and women. And then Kobe does one-on-one mentoring as well. Those aren't just to be clear. Those are, those aren't therapy groups. Mm-hmm. And that's not one-on-one therapy. It's simply just skill set, recovery, skill set, accountability, we're just teaching a skill set and we're holding people highly accountable to them so they can skill up mm-hmm. and they can learn the skill set that, that we use to, to heal ourselves. It's not, it's not for everybody, but it's pretty rad. Yeah. But what a great resource and also building community 
with those groups, connecting yeah. people, letting yeah. them be vulnerable with each other. That's really cool. It's It definitely is a really cool process to watch these women, for me, I think, um, mm-hmm. of all ages, you know, women who are coming to me, been married 30 years and never thought they could make change, who have never learned how to share their feelings um, or, or been to a therapist or gotten help. And then they choose, okay, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to do a group. And they just blossom. And mm-hmm. it's the coolest thing. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. They can also find us on Patreon. Patreon is a, uh, is our premium site. Um, P-A-T-R-E-O-N uh, and they can just search Betrayed Addicted Expert there. That actually is a unique community for us because um, we give the podcast, like we give for free. We give, mm-hmm. we give a lot for free and the podcast has been running for over two years. Um, but this, this, uh, this particular site gives us a, a platform where we can make ourselves literally available for people Mm-hmm. Um, on live um, video conferencing, like live Q and A's. Yeah. So people come with their very specific questions to their story that they mm-hmm. want answered by all three of us. Yeah. And so that's what we do. And yeah. So we answer, we do, we also do Q and A's for people who don't want to do it live. And um, that's been um, a really great way for us to, to give back in a more intentional, a more mm-hmm. intentional and more in depth way. Yeah. Well, you guys, I mean, for all of our listeners, we just hold Ashlyn and Colby in such high esteem. I mean, you guys have, like you said, been through hell and back and you have tried Not so hard. Off. And no, but, ser- <laughs> but seriously, okay, you guys have just, <laughs> you've done so much in your own lives and I just... I find it really inspiring that you guys keep showing up not only for yourselves, but for each other. And I think that that's really, really powerful. And the fact that you are giving so many people so much hope, just hope that their lives can be better and that they can change. So if you guys, we're going to put their information in our show notes. We want you guys to be able to find them. They have multiple Instagram accounts that they put awesome information on all the time. So we'll get you guys, all of our listeners, we'll get you guys connected to them if you are feeling like you need to move in that direction. So thank you so much. We appreciate thank you. you guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, you. We need you guys every night before bed to just say all those things every night. <laughs> like we know today was hard, no, but no. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for having us. We appreciate yeah. it. We're grateful. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search thoughtspod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Vrijic from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.